We're going to pick right up on a part two of what we were looking at last Wednesday night, uh, an open heaven to divine favor. As God has said, this is a year of open heaven. He wants us to be very conscious of that. He wants us to operate under this open heaven. He wants us to benefit from this open heaven. He wants us to receive the deposits that he's raining down on us during this season of open heaven. So we're looking at the favor of God, his divine favor that is, is available, that it is ours. And I, and I uh, said earlier, it was just came to my mind, is that as we dissect the favor of God, we find that the favor of God is more powerful than when they dissect or split an atom. You think there's power when you split an atom. But let me tell you what, that power, it does destruction, and, and, or it can be used for good, but it has a limitation to it. But the favor of God is eternal. The favor of God cannot be stopped. The favor of God will work around your worst enemy. The favor of God will come and lift you up when there is no lift up available. The hand of God can do for you what the world could never do for you, and His favor is amazing. We were looking at Psalms 102, verse 13, where the Word of God says that you, God, you will arise and have mercy on Zion and for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. We know that in this new covenant that God gave us uh, through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles as well. We know that this mystery that the Apostle Paul was talking about, that he got revelation from the Holy Spirit on, is that we the church, that we are the new Jerusalem, that we are the bride of Christ, that we have been grafted into the vine. And when God speaks of Zion, He speaks of His church. This is prophetic for us as well. There's an earthly covenant, but there's an eternal covenant that, that is much larger than that earthly covenant. And God wants you and I to be a part of that. So here God says He's going to rise and He's going to have mercy on His children for the time to favor his family, his children, her, the set time has come. And that's what the Lord just started sharing with me and sharing with me to, to stand up last week and declare that God says he's standing up, he's arising, he says you will arise. He's standing up and he's saying, this is, he's telling us this is a special time that I've set aside. I, and, and he's God, he can set whatever appointment he wants to set, right? You can set your own appointments. Well, you think, how much more can God set His own appointments? And, and you set your appointments, and you don't have to give a reason why you set your appointment to do what you do when you do it. And God's not going to give us a reason why. He just said, I want you to know, this is a time that I've set. This is this, something about this 2017 where He wants to pour out favor from open heaven on His people who will believe and receive it like never before. And you can just doubt it if you want, or you can sit back and just be a spectator if you want. When it's God, I want to run smack dab in the middle of it. If it's God, it's holy, it's righteous, there's no impurity, there's nothing wrong with it, and I want everything that He has for me. Amen. Amen. So 2017, he said, proclaim is the year of open heaven for his divine favor. So we were looking at last uh, Wednesday night on 10 benefits that come from this open heaven of divine favor. We're going to do a quick little review over, I think we got through six of them, and we're just going to touch those points, not go into the, uh, uh, the scriptural backgrounds for them or anything like that. If you need that, it's up online. You can go on the website and, and get it there. So the first one was favor produces restoration to everything that the enemy has 
stolen from you. So you need to go ahead and figure it out, write it down, make your list of everything the devil stole from you because favor of God makes the enemy repay and he has to repay sevenfold, the Bible says. So there's, there's better interest coming back to you than you could have ever got if it was put in a bank anywhere. And, and it's not going to happen if you don't believe it. If you don't believe it and you don't write it down, this is what you, you know when you had a burglary, they come in and they do an investigation and say, what's missing? So that we can make a report and you take that report to your insurance company. If you don't list it, you don't get it back. So you need to make your list. That's your faith act. You need to make your list and you need to demand that the enemy bring it back because the favor of God is on you to call it in. Hallelujah. Sevenfold. And then secondly, favor produces honor in the midst of your adversaries. Let me tell you what, you have an adversary, the devil. He's going to try to trip you up. He's going to try to slam the door in your face. He's going to try to backbite and lie behind your back to get you to lose a contract, lose a job, lose a promotion, lose favor with somebody. You've got an adversary, let me tell you that. But here, the favor of God says, devil talks against you, but God takes the words that he spoke against you and turns it around and it blesses you instead. <laughs> That's what he did with Balaam when Balaam spoke. Uh, the the, the curses over the people of God the favor of God came in and turned it so that what he said is a curse came out as a blessing and the people of God were blessed that's us hallelujah so you may have adversary don't worry about it don't fret don't get all worked up somebody saying something negative about you don't even don't even break a sweat you just begin to rejoice and say, Lord, what they mean for evil, you're turning it for good. Everything they're saying negative, you're going to turn that thing for positive. That's your favor, Lord God. And you say, well, I've got nobody speaking against me. Well, then you must be in the devil's back pocket because the Bible says that those are the people of, of the children of God that Satan is their adversary. So, so you've got an adversary. I can tell you that right now. The third thing was favor produces increased assets. Now, none, nobody likes that one. Nobody wants that one. But you know what? I'm going to take it. Brother Frankie, we'll take it, yes. Because if it's what God wants, it's good. It's good. People say, ah, well, well, you know, money is the root of all evils. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evils. If you're loving on God and receiving His favor of increase, you're going to keep your love with Him. You're going to give tithes and offerings to, to keep your flesh in check, that you're a steward of this, that this is, you don't own this and it doesn't own you, right? So you're going to be able to advance the kingdom of God in a greater way, get greater joy in doing that. So he says you're going to uh, have an increase in assets, especially in the area of real estate. So I just, I hear when God says that, I'm like, Lord, when you bless me, I'm going to make sure I'm investing in real estate. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what the Lord showed us here, where he said, Naphtali, you're the, the favored one. Your name is, means the favored one of God. Go and take territory to the east and the west. Expand your real estate, in, in your real estate. So I just feel like the Lord is saying that. So if you're praying about what God wants you to do with that increase, just maybe you should also pray about God uh, uh, where he would lead you to invest it in real estate. You say, I'd rather play the stock market. Well, you can go play the stock market if you want. I'm just going to stick with what the Lord said. And I'm not telling you the stock market, you know, if God tells you to invest in a company, invest in a company. But here he's saying, especially in that realm of real estate. 
The next thing of favorite produces great victories in the midst of great impossibilities. You may have an impossible situation or circumstance, something that you've been pressing up against, and that thing hits you back harder than you hit it. And you hit it at one angle, and it knocks you out. You hit it at another angle, and it knocks you out. You finally think you figured it out, and you're going to come in from the rear, and it kicks you like a horse right between the eyes. It's a circumstance or a situation that seems impossible. Well, the favor of God is going to give you victory over that area. It's going to give you victory over that circumstance and situation. If you'll just usher in the favor of God, stop trying to figure this thing out and manipulate it with your own wisdom and just say, I'm putting the favor of God on it. Like oil on a rusty uh, screw and you know, nut and bolt. Just, just say, I'm, going to, I'm just going to spray it with oil. I'm going to let it soak a little while so, so that I'll come back to it later. I'll let the oil do the work rather than me struggling with it for hour in and hour on here. So this is what he says. And then the next one was favor produces recognition even when you seem the least likely to receive it. You're going to be doing your own thing, just serving the Lord and honoring the Lord, and, and promotion is going to come looking for you. Promotion is going to come looking for you. You're going to be in a situation where there is no top. You're at the lid, and God overnight is going to take the lid and move it to another level and create another position, a higher position for you. Because he wants, you, he wants to promote you. That's the God. That's who He is. Kind of like uh, we've got some mint growing uh, in our kitchen and uh, that mint plant is growing and we just keep watering it and go away, come back the next day and, and, and come into that evening and that thing is growing about six more inches and it's reaching up out the window to the sun. It's like the sun is calling it out, uh, to itself. Well, that's what God is. He, God calls us up. God's calling us to the next level. The sun is wanting to promote you and lift you with his favor so then number six was favor produces supernatural increase and promotion it kind of ties right in with number five number five is you're not in a place to be recognized to get promotion and God's going to shine the light on you he's going to bring the attention to you so that number six can happen supernatural increase and promotion now we're going to pick up on number seven uh, here tonight and that is favor produces prominence and preferential treatment it, it, it produces prominence and preferential treatment. There's probably no better story in the Bible than that of Esther, uh, that this happens in Esther 2 and 17. It says, The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the crown upon her and made her queen instead of Vashti. So the favor of God, it was the favor of God that had him uh, prefer... Uh, Esther over all the other candidates that were there. Well, God says you're a candidate for promotion. You're a candidate for a miracle. You're a candidate for blessing. You're a candidate for increase. And He's going to cause preferential treatment. So when it comes, don't get all fake humble. Oh, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You know, uh, if, you, if you're afraid of the new area or new position or the new wealth or the new increase or the new house or whatever God's trying to give you, just say, Lord, help me with this fear. Help me. Help me bring some mentors around that can help mentor me to, to, to manage this new level. But don't use your fear and, and, and cover it with this false humility. God, I just don't deserve that. I just don't deserve that because you're afraid of it. God wants to stretch you. 
I'm telling you what, there was a day you were afraid to stand up, but thank God your mom or daddy or your grandparents or your uncles kept saying, come on, stand up, stand up. And then when you stood there and you were doing this wobble number and, you know, and they're like, come to me, come to me, and you were afraid to take a step. Aren't you glad you're not still crawling around wearing diapers? Don't, amen? So, so somebody challenged us to go to the next level, and God is challenging us to go to the next level as well. Number eight, favor produces petitions granted even by ungodly civil authorities. So many people are freaking out about the government. Oh, the past eight years, the past 12 years, the past 16 years, the past, the future. They're just freaking about. Let me tell you what, when you are serving God, it really doesn't matter who is in the White House. I know it will have its impact, I know that, but you as a child of God, when Pharaoh is on the throne, let me tell you what, when we have a God who can bless us and deliver us out of Goshen. We want to pray for our leaders, we want as much of God in our leadership as possible because it affects so many people, but you don't have to live in fear. Let me tell you that, you don't have to live in fear because God will cause favor, His favor will grant petitions even by ungodly civil authorities. You will find favor in an ungodly system, and you're going to be like, everything was uh, set against me, but God saw fit to turn this thing around. Esther 5 and 8 is a good example. It says, I have found favor. I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if, if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Hammond come to the banquet which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will go and do as the king has said. There was a bold move on her part, and she says, if favor will pave the way, let me come in. The enemy's trying to destroy my people. It basically is what she, she, she was petitioning. She was like, my whole, the whole Jewish race, the enemy's trying to, to destroy them, but I'm going to break protocol. I'm going to break uh, how you're supposed to do this, but I'm going to come, and if favor will grant me a, 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 a hearing before you, king, I want, I want to meet with you. And let me tell you what, we know how all that turned out as we study the rest of the story. The favor of God paved the way. And then number nine, favor causes policies and rulers and regulations and laws to be changed and reversed in your to your advantage if you're serving the cause of God, if you're serving in the will of God. And the laws will be changed. It looks like that everything is set to bring destruction on this, uh, on, on something that you're involved in that is of God. But let me tell you what, the laws are going to change. I'm calling that open heaven over right now. You know, this may be controversial for some. It shouldn't be for a Christian. But we're praying for a reversal of Roe versus Wade. We, we're calling for a reversal of that law that has killed millions and millions and millions of babies. We have a 9-11 every day in our country. A 9-11 of over 3,000, more than that, that are murdered and slaughtered. Innocent little kids that have never done anything wrong to anybody. And it goes untold, it goes unsaid, it is just like it never happens. But you let two, plane, uh, two planes hit two buildings and kill 3,000 people. And we've got flags flying at half mast, and we've got people praying all over our nation. And we've got everybody crying and everybody. And that was a tragedy. But that tragedy is happening every day day because of a law that violates the law of God. The law of God says we are to protect those who cannot protect them themselves. 
So I'm saying with this open heaven and this favor, it's time for the church, for us to let our faith bring this favor in and cause laws to be changed and reversed to the advantage of the Word of God and the plan of God. And I don't think that's a Democrat. I don't think that's a Republican. I don't think that's a, a Tea Party. I don't think that's a, any party at all. I think that is strictly that if we have any care for the, and, 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 and love for life, that we should stand up for life. I'm telling you, if we were to take and do on a, a video to puppies and kittens and, and raccoons or anything, what we do to human beings, I'm telling you what, we would be buried under a jailhouse somewhere. And it is just, it is just wrong. It is wrong to take the very created images of God in His nature, created by Him, and say, God, we're going to play God, and we're not even going to give them a chance to live, and we're going to rip their lives apart. That, that I'm praying right now, in Jesus' name, that there would be a reversal to the advantage and the advancement of mankind of Roe versus Way by this favor of God. Amen. Amen. And if that gets into your politics, you go pray about it because something's off. Something's off. That's not politics. That's human life. That's human life. Amen. And then number 10, favor produces battles won, which you won't even fight because God's going to fight them for you. That's what the Lord was showing me, that, that you're go the enemy's got things set up to destroy you. He's got battles before you, and you'll never know about them. You'll never know about them. Because when you get there, God's already taking care of it. Now, I like that. I like that. I say, thank you, Lord. Psalms 44 and 3, it says, For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them. But it was your right hand, God, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. The favor of God says, you know what? You don't even have to fight. I'm going to fight for you. He took his right hand, he took his, he took his own uh, arm, his light of his countenance, and he blazed the trail for us. Hallelujah. So I'm just laughing at the devil. Devil, you can go ahead and make your strategy, make your plan. It really doesn't matter because the Lord goes before us. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. Now, knowing all of this, shouldn't we put our shoes on with expectation and excitement and start living this year in such a boldness and such a passion and pursuing what God has called us to do as never before? Amen. Man, we've got the favor of God on our side. Hallelujah. And I've just given you ten things, that, and there's so many more, but there's ten basic things the favor of God is providing for us this year. So now as we put our shoes on and go forth to live this year and to live it in the way God's called us to, uh, we need some keys so that we can walk it out. So I just want to share with you several keys to experiencing the miraculous favor of God. This is how we're going to walk it out, okay? This is how we're going to walk it out. What do you have to do? You say, well, I need to go in a room and pray and fast uh, for the rest of this year and come out, you know, 300 and some days later and see what the Lord has done. No, no. He wants you to be an oak of righteousness, which is a planting of God for the display of His favor. So He wants to display this favor on you. So He doesn't want you to go into a monastery and come back next year and see what He's done. He wants it to be displayed on you as you walk through this year. He wants to show the devil who's in charge. He wants to show enemy who the victor is. He wants to show darkness what light looks like. He wants the world to see His favor on you. 
So you ought to square up your shoulders and lift up your head and say, thank you, Lord, that you want to show your favor on me. I make myself available. So here's several keys of how we walk this out. And the first one is we've got to expect more. We've got to expect more. We need to have our minds renewed by the Word of God, and I believe that's what the Lord is using me to do uh, here on these Wednesday nights and these Sunday mornings, and you're studying the Word of God, and I believe this flavor that He has for this whole year is that our faith will arise, and we'll begin to expect more. Expect more out of life. Expect to see more miracles. I've started signing off on every email, every text, every message, things that I'm sending out. I, I'm signing off. Expect miracles. Expect miracles. I challenge you to do the same thing. When you post something, put expect miracles. You tweet something, put on the, just the tail end, expect miracles. Drop that seed. Drop that seed. Water that seed. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But it is written that eye is not seen and ear is not heard, and neither is it entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. The question is, do you love Him? Do you love Him? If you love Him, look, He's got things prepared for you that your eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, and it's not even entered into the heart of man the great things that He has prepared for us. Hallelujah. So it's so important for us to reprogram our minds for success from God's Word. And I'm here to back it up. I'm here. I, I, I am the uh, miracle, miracle grow. Is that the green stuff that you mix with water? Yeah, miracle grow. I'm your miracle grow. Okay. If you feel like you're wilting a little bit, you come to me. You just come to me. If you come to service, I pray if you come in here wilting a little, you're going to be springing back up. You're gonna, your green color is going to come back out. I'm going to be your miracle grow. Because I believe God. I've seen God. I know God. I hear God. I walk with God. And this is what God is saying. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, because, and we need somebody like, like that. We need somebody like that. And we need to be somebody like that to others, right? Because our default mindset is flawed. Look at somebody and say, it was broke. It's broke. <laughs> our, our natural mindset is flawed. It was born under sin, and that sin nature makes us pessimist. Look at somebody and say, were you ever a pessimist? <laughs> Pessimist. It comes natural to be negative. It comes natural to be worriers. Doom and gloom. It just comes natural. So we've got to reprogram our minds with the Word of God. And let me tell you what, it doesn't happen automatically. Each and every day, I'm here to tell you, we have to choose to live with an attitude of expectation that something good is going to happen. That this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because there's going to be a miracle manifest of heaven. I don't know how. I don't know when. But God's going to do it. He's promised to do it again and again. Hallelujah. Every day, we've got to discipline ourselves. We've got to discipline ourselves out with Satan's influence and in with God's influence. Stop feeding on the natural sinful nature of the world that puts worry and fear and all that in you. And feed on God and feed on His Word. For the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 2, you set your mind and keep it set on higher things. It says set your mind. It's implied there. You set. You've got to do it. Nobody can do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your children can't do it for you. You've got to set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. So when you get up in the morning, the first thing you should do is set your mind in the right direction. See, it might have got all uh, out of order while you were sleeping. 
It may have gotten off track while you were sleeping, but the moment you wake up, you need to say, wait a minute, I'm going to get this, click this, get it on the right track, amen? And you can start it by saying something this, like this. This is going to be a great day. This is going to be a phenomenal day. God is guiding and directing my steps. I can, I can only wait to see what He's going to do today. His favor is surrounding me. His favor is displayed on me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the day of my life. And I'm excited about today. We need to set our mind in the right direction. Start our day with faith and expectancy, and then go out anticipating good things. Go looking for it. You round every corner. Is it here? You know, you're looking for it with anticipation, expecting your circumstances to change in your favor, expecting people to go out of their way to help you, expecting people to, to uh, give to you when maybe give beyond what they, you've even been employed to do. They just want to bonus you. They just want to give you something extra. They don't even know why they're doing it. They just want to bless you. Expect to be at the right place at the right time. You miss your turn instead of beating yourself up. Say, well, you know what? That extra five minutes must mean God is getting me synced right in the perfect second to be at the right place at the right time and to miss the wrong place at the wrong time. There may have been an accident there, but there's not going to be an accident here because the favor of God is on me. You've got to start expecting doors of opportunity to open to you. Expect to excel in your career. Expect to rise above life's challenges. You've got to expect this. You say, Pastor, does it work? Man, if I could sit you down and talk to you one-on-one, I could tell you personally, hand-over-hand, on hand, hand over hand of what God is doing, even in 2017. We've seen such an uh, increase in the favor of God and the opportunity of God just in this month and a half. I, it just absolutely, I'm telling you what works. I'm telling you what works. Hallelujah. See, God usually meets us at the level of expectancy. So if you don't develop a habit of expecting good things to come your way, then you're not going to receive anything good. Did you know that? If you don't expect things to get better, they probably won't. If you expect everything every day just to be the same old same, it'll be the same old same. Our expectation sets the boundaries for our life. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, He says, according to your faith, be it done to you. Boy, He gave us some responsibility in this thing. There's not a, there's not a full-out dependence on God. God, if you want me to be blessed, then you bless me. He says, according to your faith, according to your faith, let it be unto you. So basically, you have what your faith expects. You, 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 you have what your faith expects. And some people tend to expect the worst. And guess what? They get it. Poor old me mentality. You ever met anybody like that? Poor old me. They're always negative. They're always depressed. They're always, you know, barking things such as, you know, God, why don't you do something about my situation? This ain't fair. God, <coughs> why does it always, the negative stuff always happen to me? And they get exactly what their faith expects. Other people honestly feel so overwhelmed by their troubles that they have difficulty uh, that anything good could ever happen to them. That's why we need to take the good news to them. We need to encourage them. We need to be encouragers. We need to be encouragers. We need to be lovers, lovers of God and letting the love of God flow through us to others. And we need to be encouragers. We need to be Barnabases. Without Barnabas, Paul would have never been the apostle that he became. It took a Barnabas to open the door, to encourage him, and to open the door for him. 
You need to be an encourager to others. Man, I hear folks say this stuff. Oh, I've got so many problems. My marriage is in trouble. My children won't do right. My business isn't doing well. My health is going downhill. Uh, how in the world am I supposed to live with enthusiasm with all this negative that's going on? How do you expect me to get up and have a good day when I know it's going to be a bad day? This is just a big old mess that I'm in. Guess what? They're going to keep on seeing that same old mess. See, faith is what it's all about. Faith is what it's all about. So we've got to start believing that God uh, is working like He says He's working. We've got to believe Him. Do you believe? I mean, we'll believe the news. We'll believe a post on Facebook. We'll believe something that was printed. And we don't know its source, and we don't know the validity of it, but we'll believe that and pass that on before we'll believe what God says in His Word. Now, something's wrong with that picture. Because man, no matter how good they are and good intentions they have, they'll let you down. But God will never let you down. He can't let you down. That's, that's contrary to who He is. And He's just called us to participate in what He has by faith. So you've got to start believing that good things are coming your way. Speaking the good that is coming your way. Not doubting that good things are coming your way. If you doubt, then it's not. But if you believe and speak, it will. So what are you expecting in life? What are you expecting? You really need to come to grips with this. This is so basic, but it is so real. This is rubber meets the road. This is how we really get down the road of life, whether we're going to have God's blessed life or we're going to choose letting Satan just cause wreck after wreck in our life. Are you anticipating good things or bad things? Are you anticipating uh, uh, significance or mediocrity? Are you expecting to experience the goodness of God or another attack of the enemy that's just going to take you a little bloodier and a little lower than before? I'm telling you, open your eyes of faith. Close your physical eyes and open your eyes of faith and start looking at what God is saying, looking at where God wants you to go and start speaking in that direction. This means even if your uh, circumstances look bleak when, and, and, you're and, and you will be tempted to be discouraged or depressed, you've got to encourage yourself. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know what David said? I encourage myself in the Lord. And you can pray, God, I know that you're in control. Even though this looks impossible, you're a God of, of working the impossible and making it possible. So God, I turn to you. Hallelujah. I, I, and we need to rise up and say, Lord, turn this thing around. I know you're going to turn it around. If you want to use me to turn it around, use me to turn it around. But I'm going to go ahead and start confessing it's turning around to you be the glory and the honor. Amen. So you've got to make a conscious decision, an act of your will to maintain an attitude of expectancy and keep your mind filled with thoughts of hope and keep your mouth filled with declarations of God's promises. Did you hear that? You must do that in order to go. So you've got to expect more. And then that second one is you've got to speak life. You've got to learn to speak life. You've got to use your tongue and you've got to speak life. When God gave me this revelation, I immediately began the process of aligning my words with the Word of God. And I had, in the beginning, boy, I would still say stupid things. And I would say them, and instead of being all prideful and trying to justify them, I'd say, oh, I rebuke that. I rebuke that. I don't even receive that. If you came to me and says, Pastor, 
as you know, you're going to die young age and you'll never see the vision of this house fulfilled. I would tell you, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus rebuked Peter when he was acting for the devil. I'll rebuke you when you're acting for the devil. Without a child. Well, if I do it with my tongue, I do the same thing. I say, I don't receive that. I rebuke. I cancel that in the name of Jesus. And then I'll start declaring the opposite because it's hard. It's hard. But you can get disciplined, and the more disciplined you are, the, the more consistent you will be in speaking life. And, and you know what? When I began to speak life, because, boy, did I have the physical problems. I had the financial problems. I had the physical problems uh, of my health, and I had depression. Depression that tried to take me out through suicide and fall. that spirit tried to follow me even into the ministry. Even though I was saved, I still just, just carried this up and down, up and down. But let me tell you what, when I got this revelation, I began, to, I began to attack everything I'd ever spoken over my life that had ever been spoken over my life. I began to attack it with the Word of God. And I began to speak the Word of God. And instead of those words of death that had paved the road for me, I began to pave a new road. See, there wasn't a road there. There wasn't a road. Uh, I saw the only road I had was depression. The only road I had was sorrow. The only road I had was pain. The only road I had was loss. But I had to pave a new road. And I began to pave a new road with the words that God gave me. And I began to declare life. And I began to declare health. And I began to declare prosperity. And I began to declare joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I began to declare peace uh, you know, that surpasses all understanding. You know, and, and guess what? That road, boy, it got wider and wider and wider. And now that's the road I travel on. That's the road I travel on. I'm trying to get everybody. Why are you going through that bumpy, muddy, bogged down, quicksand, uh, the bridge is out way trying to go through life when there's a paved way here. The Lord has paved out a highway of blessing and, 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 and I got to participate in it. I got to participate and you get to participate in it as well. 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. You and I have the same spirit of faith. God has given us that measure of faith, right? So we, we must exercise that faith to believe and then speak. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So we have to take a responsibility to use the measure of faith that God has given to each and every one of us to believe Him and to speak what He says over our life. Faith needs to be spoken. That's how it brings forth the manifest. Faith without works is dead. What are the works? The works is you speaking what God has said. That's your work. It's not you getting out here and, 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 and serving 5,000 people and washing 5,000 people's feet. And if the Lord calls you to do that, do that. But that's not it. Faith working is you believing what God says and then you saying what God says. So you've got to say what God said to receive what He has promised. The tongue, you might look at it as the hinge. It's the hinge to where the miracle begins to move. That's how powerful the tongue is. So what is it? Proverbs 18 and 21, I think it is. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not the power of death and life. See where the power is, 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 is focused? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue has the power, and those who love it will eat uh, its fruit. So in other words, you're going to eat what you speak. You're going to eat what you speak. 
Man, that should wake us up. There's junk that's been coming out of our mouth and we've been eating junk. Amen? Amen. Everybody looked at me like, not me, never done that. You know good and well you've been eating those old fried potato chips of, of life that, that's not good for you. I'm not talking about the real potato chips, I'm talking about the junk food of your words. So based upon scripture, words can do two things. They can curse or they can bless. They give life or death. Your word. Your words. And it, it breaks my heart to see Christians curse themselves, curse their families by speaking negatively and foolishly. Proverbs 18.7 says, A fool's mouth is his ruin. A fool's mouth is his destruction. And his lips are the snare of his soul. The fool's mouth. So when you speak out of alignment to God's word, you're speaking like a fool. And it's bringing destruction into your life. It's leading to ruin. So the next time you want to say, nobody loves me, you get to John 15 and 9, it speaks for what Jesus said, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. I mean, here you are denying the very love of God by going around saying, nobody loves me. And Jesus says, I loved you so much I gave my life for you. Come on now. You're in debt instead of going around saying, I'll never get out of debt. You need to get a hold of Deuteronomy 28 and 12 and just begin to declare out loud, the Lord will open to me the good treasure, the heavens, uh, to give rain to my land in its season and to bless all the work of my hand. Hallelujah. And I'll be the lender and not the borrower. Things are going to turn around in my life. You've got to say what God's Word says. So as Christians, we've got to stop blocking God's blessings by speaking negatively. We, we see God wants to bless us. He created us. He formed us in, out of the, the clay of the ground and breathed into us His very life. And the Bible says the very next thing is He blessed us. God wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. The devil's been telling you since before you came out of your mother's womb that you are to be cursed. But the devil is a liar. Stop believing what he says. Amen. So make up your mind right now that your tongue will be a tree of life. Your tongue will be a tree of life. Proverbs 15 and 4 tells us that the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So if your tongue brings a wholesome tongue, it is an, a, a goodly tongue, a godly tongue, a tongue that speaks forth God's will, it's a tree of life. So decide today that you're going to watch what comes out of your lips. You're going to watch it. You're going to be very conscious over it. Make a choice. I'm going to speak God's blessings over my life. I'm going to speak God's blessings over my family. I'm going to speak God's blessings over my children. I'm going to speak God's blessings over my future. I'm going to speak God's blessings over my finances. Man, you've got to learn to do this. So instead of saying I'm poor and I'm bro broke and I have no money, say I am the prospered and favored of the Lord. By faith, call it in. Call it in. Things will turn around, I promise you. Say, God meets all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I know Him by His first name that He told me He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my God, my provider. Jesus said, He who was rich became poor that we who were poor might be made rich in Him. I'm in Jesus. So I'm moving to His prosperity for my life. 
Instead of going around saying, you know what, I got this disease and it's going to take me out early. I'm telling you what, you need to rather say, by His stripes, I am healed. I'm not going to let this this disease win over the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. Uh, He sent His Word and He healed all my diseases. He said, forget not my benefits, that He heals all our iniquities and all our diseases. Stop talking, I'm ugly, I'm a failure, I'm stupid. I've heard people say it. Say, I'm the favorite of the Lord. He has written me on the palm of His hand, the Bible says. Uh, He dances over me with joy and delight. That's what the Bible says. Stop saying, well, my marriage is going to fail. It's going to fall apart. And you start declaring, my marriage is saved and God is restoring all things. God is the one that came up with the idea that a man should leave his mother and father and cleave together with his wife and the two become one. That's a God thing. I'm in a God thing. I'm in a God covenant. And the devil, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. My marriage is going to make it. Declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. So keys to experiencing the miraculous, you've got to expect more, and you've got to speak life, and then I close with this, you've got to quit limiting God. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. Once you take the limits off, you'll begin to, your faith will begin to see things that you never even could imagine, and you'll begin to move towards that. Because God has put a dream in every one of your hearts. He's put a dream, a desire. God grants the desires of your heart. That means He gives you the desire, and He also wants to be there to help the desire come to fruition. And the desire He put in your heart is bigger than what you're doing right now. The desire He put in your heart is bigger than what you're doing right now. It's bigger than what I'm doing right now. You say, well, I, well I'm, I'm too old. You better grab that tongue, squeeze it really hard, and say, stop talking like that. Because age has nothing to do with it when God is involved. God can take a 120-year-old man, give him the strength and without dim to his eye, and he climb a mountain uh, and go meet the Lord as Moses did. Let me tell you what. You don't have to make excuses. What you need to do is you need to look to the God uh, who has created you and say, God, you've given me desire. And I believe as long as we have breath, He gives us desire. He gives us dreams in our lives. So you've got to take the limits off of God and start expecting everything that you can imagine possible and even what is impossible, speaking life to it and removing the limitations. Don't limit God because God wants you to fulfill that desire. He wants you, and to do that, you're going to have to step out boldly in faith. You will never fulfill your God-given destiny that God has for you without stepping out by faith. Yeah, you got to do it because God says it's impossible to please God without faith, right? You know what the Bible says? So what God has for you to do, your dream is going to cause you to have to step out by faith. You say, well, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. Well, you just go ahead and trust the devil. He's going to take you and mess you all over and give you a miserable life and take you out early. Okay. But here's your God, your creator, who's all benevolent and wants nothing but the best for you. And he's created this world for us. He didn't create this world for him. He created this world for us. And he he wants in your time here on earth a dream to be fulfilled, which is going to advance his kingdom. It's all linked together to be good and help others. And he just says, you got to step out by faith. Don't shrink back in fear. 
and say, well, that's just too big. I'm not qualified. I'm not able. I could never do that. Let me tell you what. That's, that's the talk the devil wants you to say. Yeah. See, it doesn't take a man-made stamp of approval or a man handing you a piece of paper to say you're qualified when God says you're qualified. Do you know what I'm saying? I've heard people say, oh, well, I just don't have a paper. So what? So what? You go in my office, somebody came in there and they said, where are all your degrees? I said, they're not up because that's not my dependence. My dependence is on the Lord. I said, there was a day and a a time that I thought that's what was going to open doors and that's what was going to do it. But I learned a long time ago that that's paper and it'll burn so fast, that thing will be gone so fast. But I tell you, when I'm holding on to the hand of God, there's nothing can destroy Him and my future is secure. Hallelujah. So, we've got to take the limitations off God. See, God is not limited by your education or lack of it. You need to hear that. Break the curse. Break it right now and say, I'm not living under the curse. I'm going to live under the blessing of the Lord. Oh, that my parents were too poor. My grandparents were poor. Nobody in my body, my family has ever amounted to much, so I guess I won't either. That's the curse. Break the curse. Don't believe the lie. Believe the truth of what God says. Amen? Amen. I want to pray over you. If you would, just stand with me. And I just want to decree, decree and declare something over you right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe your word. I believe your word has prepared us. Your word has positioned us. And I think your word is sending us, is propelling us, Lord God, into the rest of this week and the rest of this month and the rest of this year in, in, a, in a whole different faith walk than, than ever before. So, Heavenly Father, as your sons and daughters stand before you now, Lord, Lord God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your favor. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your blessings. And I want to ask you in the name of Jesus that you would help each and every one that's willing to do it. Break every curse that they were born under. That they would break from that curse right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, they'd be liberated from limitation thinking. And Lord, their eyes would be open to see that you in all of your splendor and in all of your glory and in all of your power rules and reigns. Hallelujah. So help each of us, Father, to speak life and not death. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would place a guard over our mouths in Jesus' name. If you're in agreement with that, you ask Him to do it. Holy Spirit of God, place a guard over my mouth in Jesus' name that I might not speak anything that is in opposition of your word and the promises that you've given through your son those I will speak to your glory hallelujah now father I plead the blood of Jesus against every idle word that any of us have ever said go ahead and tell him that right now God say God I plead the blood of Jesus against every idle word that I've said that was negative canceling out its power in Jesus name and say, I repent for saying them, and I turn my tongue now to speak life and not death. Hallelujah. So, Father, I pray from this day forward, Lord, that as we make a decision to speak your blessings over our lives and to speak your blessings to pave the way in which we're going, I thank you for your strength. I thank you for the leadership of you, Holy Spirit, uh, and what you're going to do in and through us. Uh, And, Father, I want to thank you in advance for the blessings uh, that you're sending our way. uh, And I praise you. uh, I ascribe glory to you. uh, I ascribe honor to you. Lord God, as we move forward to receive your blessings, uh, we will decree and decree 
declare them daily in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, what the enemy meant for evil, those days are over. They are over. We are moving towards that which you want good in our lives. These things I pray and ask, believing that they are already done in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.